0: Welcome to this podcast from Riverside Church Whitstable. We hope you find it helpful and encouraging. If you would like to find out more information about us, why not check out our website at riversideuk.org, our Facebook page, or follow us on Twitter at WhitRiverside. And we've been going through this series for the past 11 weeks, and it's definitely been a long series, but hopefully... It's given each of us a chance to reflect on our own personal faith journey and has given us tools, simple practices that can help us to connect with God throughout different life and faith stages. And throughout this series, we've been going on a journey through different stages of faith, looking at the opportunities within each of these stages or periods of faith, to fix our eyes on Jesus and to grow as a follower of him in these different stages of faith to still grow and fix our eyes on him. And for some of you, as we've been going through this series, it may have felt a little bit like the ghost of Christmas past, in the film A Christmas Carol. You've kind of been forced to relive some of these defining faith moments, almost been forced to cast your mind upon the periods of your life that have impacted you and impacted your faith. The moments when your faith was new, simple and exciting. The moments when questions started to rise when things that were simple before didn't quite sit right anymore. And the moments where tragedy stuck, where you felt angry towards God, when you uh, began asking questions like, God, why? And the moments also where God's glory and his love really caught your attention. And equally for some of you, as we've been going through this series, you may have been struggling to relate to this series. Maybe you're new to faith or you're exploring faith, or maybe you've been on a journey of faith for years, but as you reflect on your own personal journey of faith, it doesn't quite align with what we've been outlining over the past 11 weeks. And hopefully if that's you, then Each week you've still been able to receive helpful tools and practices in your walk with Jesus and you're ready and prepared to thrive in your faith no matter what life throws at you. So I just want to start with just a really quick overview to keep those of you who haven't been here over the past few weeks up to date as to where we are in this series. So just a quick overview. There we go. So we began this series looking at the stage of simplicity. When we were able to hold on to our simple faith, the simple things that brought us to our faith. And within this time of looking at simplicity, we looked at being present with God. In worshipping God in everything we do, not just in our songs on a Sunday, but in everything we do. And in practicing thankfulness. And then we moved on to look at how life begins to challenge aspects of our faith. There comes a stage where we look at our faith and those simple things that we uh, believe. And we start to weigh it up with the different life experiences that we have. And in these moments, questions begin to arise when we see that a world that was created and sustained by God is complicated. And it can sometimes put us into a season of complexity with our faith. We start to recognize the complicated nature of who we are, of who our friends are, and what our world is like. And when we were looking at complexity, we focused on bringing to God three things in this season. Sorry, help and please. And then we moved on to look at how this complexity sometimes leads us into a season of perplexity. When these complexities that we had noticed before start to become really difficult for us to understand when the complexities that we have noticed have start to become a bit of a problem in our faith, when we're starting to struggle with these complexities. And during this uh, section of our series, we looked at some of the questions that we might bring to God. When, no, and why? And then finally, last week, we entered into this final season and Laura spoke brilliantly about how from the place of perplexity, we have a fresh opportunity to see God more clearly. To see what he, that he was always with us in the midst of the complexity and the perplexity. And an opportunity to behold him and watch as he beholds us. And that kind of takes us to where we are today where we're looking at what Brian McLaren describes as yes. And I'll go on to explain what that's all about this morning. But I just want to take us back a step before we look at the yes. So last week, Laura looked at, behold, a moment of taking in God's beauty and allowing him to see us as beautiful. We've just been climbing this steep mountain. And it's been hard as we've journeyed through the complexity and the perplexity. We've been climbing up the mountain and there's been a few slips. Your legs are starting to get tired. You've had moments where you're not sure how much longer you could keep going, how much more you can take, how much more adversity in your life you can take before you just give it all up. But you've finally reached the top. You've finally got to the top of this mountain and there's an opportunity in this moment to look and take in and see the beauty, the beautiful views, the valleys and the hills, the lakes in the distance, the snow on top of the houses, the blue sky shining down on the snow. And this morning... We're looking at what's next. What is next? See, there's a temptation in this moment when we have finally reached the top of the mountain, when we finally have these views, when we can behold God and see that he is beholding us. There's a temptation for us to want to stay in this place forever. There's a temptation for us to just want to sit down and enjoy the views I've completed it. I've finished the climb. It's just me and God. I'm on top of the mountain. I just want to sit and admire the view, the calm after the storm. However, today what I want to talk about starts by accepting that every mountaintop experience must be followed by action. Every mountaintop experience must be followed by action. I don't know if you've ever been to a Christian festival before. Many of us in here have been to wildfires recently. And some people, not everyone, some people go to these festivals and feel like, and I've definitely had this, feel like, I wish I could stay in this moment forever. Forever. I wish I could stay here forever in this big top or in this worship tent or in this environment forever. Maybe minus the camping and the trolleys full of luggage and all of that. But I wish I could stay here forever. Why do I have to leave? Why can't I just behold him? In this place, I feel safe. In this place, I feel secure. In this place, I feel like I'm part of something. In this place, I feel God's presence. And then comes a realisation near the end of the week. It's time for me to leave. And it's time for me to take this moment with me as I go. It's time for me to leave and take this moment with me. It's time for me to put on my skis or my snowboard, if you're more trendy than me, and continue on this adventure. When we started looking at this series, we looked at a call from God. And we respond to that call by saying, God, here I am. Here I am. It's a call to communion with him. But as we see who God is, as we experience God in the complexity and in the perplexity, and as we eventually come out the other side, we come to realise that there is an additional call on our lives. There isn't just the here I am, but there's also a call to commission. We start with a call to communion and we go on with a call to commission. We see that moment of being filled with the Holy Spirit, this mountaintop moment, this moment where we soak in God's beauty. We see that then as preparation for us to live out in commission. And this is exactly what we see in the life of Jesus. Jesus, whilst having the most intimate relationship with the Father, moved into the mess of human history, moved into the struggles of politics and economics, moved into the ugliness of ignorance and misunderstanding, moved into the horror of injustice, and moved into the tragedy of death. And loss. Out of the behold, out of intimacy, out of the mountaintop experience of God's glory, flowed service, love, obedience, and compassion. Philippians 2, verses 6 to 11, says this. even to death on a cross. And see, just as Jesus came to earth out of his compassion, our behold needs to be, should be, a springboard into action, to be the kingdom and to bring God's kingdom in our communities, as we accept this adventure of being the kingdom, we naturally start to go down this mountain that we had this great view of. We stoop low. We feed the poor. We support the hurting. We show love to our enemies. But it's key that as we do so, we are invigorated by this mountaintop experience, by God's spirit With us. We stoop low because we have seen who God is. And we have seen his love throughout different stages of our life. In the complexity and in the perplexity. We've managed to come out the other side and seen his beauty. And from there we cannot help but show that beauty to others. We stoop low. We feed the poor. We support the hurting. We show love to our enemies. And what this means is that our journey down the mountain isn't a journey of stumbling down, but an adventure where we put on our skis or our snowboards and we enjoy this re-centred way of life. And this is what the yes is all about. The yes is all about surrendering, committing, submitting to a downward call of Christ. There's a theological term, missio dei. And missio dei means, as you could probably expect by the word, means mission of God. And as Christians, we each have our part to play in this mission. And the mission's really simple it's living out the message of Jesus in our communities. It's a mission of partnering with God in bringing his kingdom on earth, on showing God's love in our communities, and ultimately in introducing Jesus. To those around us. See, it was from a top, the top of a mountain, looking out at the view, that Jesus gave what our Bibles call the Great Commission to the disciples. On this mountain, he called them back down. On top of the mountain, looking over their community, looking over where people were living, Jesus called them down to serve, to make disciples and to baptize. And in doing so, as he gives this great commission, as he calls them down the mountain, as he uh, helps them to know what that will look like, he says to them this. I will be with you Always. This yes to God is about moving from being filled with the Spirit to working with the Spirit. Being filled with the Spirit to working with the Spirit. And there is a key difference between those two things. And as charismatic Christians who believe in the importance of worship and the ministry of the Holy Spirit, it's really important that we recognise that being filled with the Spirit leads us to moving in the Spirit. Being filled with the Spirit leads us to moving in the Spirit. The charismatic church is most effective when it understands that being filled with the spirit is not just about speaking in tongues, jumping up and down, clapping, shouting, singing loudly. It's not even just about the encounter. It's about surrendering to God and being impassioned to live in and live through God's Love. See, through an encounter with the Spirit, our lives become taken up into God's sacred creative project. We move from a place of beholding Him, isn't He wonderful, from this mountaintop experience to being called into a consecrated life that accepts that each of us, if we want to follow Jesus, have a divine vocation. Teachers, lawyers, scientists, homemakers, retail workers, young and old, are each included in God's plan for your influence as followers of Jesus. And the encouragement today is that our job is to say yes to it. Our job is to pray and practice God's commission. If you're a follower of Jesus this morning, if you'd call yourself a follower, then there was probably a moment in your life, a moment that you may remember where you said yes to him. Yes, I want to follow you or yes, I accept you into my life. But this first yes is simply the first of many. When I got married during COVID uh, in 2020, there were some vows that I made. And there are lots of legal words that you have to say in order to be Married, And to be honest, I was kind of in bits during my wedding. I was a bit pathetic, really. And um, I tried to say solemnly solemnly declare. Is that right? Yeah, great. And it it took me three or four or five or six attempts to say those words before I could correctly say them. But within these vows, these vows that I had to say before Emma, I committed to her. And I promise to stand by her and I promise to love her no matter what life brings. And whilst these promises joined us in marriage, this moment was just the beginning of many more promises, of many more I do's, of many more commitments towards her. See, this first I do is essential for the marriage, but it's not sufficient for the marriage. The first I do is essential, but it's not sufficient. And in the same way, our yes to God isn't just a moment in time where we invite him into our lives, but it's a commitment to continue on saying yes. Our first yes to God is a commitment of many Yeses. A commitment to continuously choose the way of Jesus. So I guess we have to ask, what does a continuous yes look like? After Peter had one of the worst weeks of his life, denying that he knew Jesus as he was being mocked and beaten and crucified... He went back to his day job, fishing. And he was, as he was fishing, Jesus appeared to him. The resurrected Jesus appeared before him and to those that he was with and said, come and join me. Let's have a barbecue on the beach together. And Peter and a few other disciples went and had this barbecue with Jesus, the risen Jesus. They were eating together. And Jesus pulls Peter aside and asks him a question. In fact, he asks him a question three times, probably referring to the three times that Peter denied him. And Jesus's question to Peter was this. Peter, do you love me? And each time Peter replied saying, yes, Lord, I love you. And Jesus replied to this each time, feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Well, feed my sheep. Jesus gives a commission to Peter in this moment to look after God's people just as Jesus did. A commission to a continuous yes of looking after his people see a continuous yes for us is investing in the kingdom of God it's giving ourselves our time our money to the things of God's heart to saying God I'm all in for you I'm all in for you. I want to continuously say yes to you. I want to be investing in the kingdom of God. But I think it's fair to say this can be quite a tiring call. It can be a difficult call to be constantly investing in other people, investing in the kingdom of God, to be constantly stooping low, to be constantly giving out of ourselves. It's a really tough call. It's a really tiring call. How can we have the energy to just keep on giving? How can we have the motivation to move away from the mountaintop that is so sweet? How can Ah, uh, yes, become simply not an event, simply just an, uh, become not simply an event, but a practice." Well, I think there's a great answer in John chapter 15. It says this in John chapter 15: "I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While well, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. So this is our commission at the end is is explained a little bit. But throughout this passage, there's one thing that is repeated over and over and over again. Remain in me. Remain in me. A branch cannot bear fruit without a vine, but if it abides in the vine... It will naturally bear fruit. So when we go back to these moments of behold, in these moments of soaking in God's presence, of continuously being filled by his spirit, of abiding in him, these moments are crucial in our faith to allow us to go on to our commission. These moments of abiding in God that Laura talked about last week, of having this behold moment and allowing God to behold us, of recognising the beauty that he sees in us. These moments are crucial to motivate us, to energise us and to fill us up in order that we could go on saying yes to God. Because it's true that as we go out, as we live out a commission, as we go and stoop low, our energy tank starts to drain. We start to feel tired. We start to feel worn out. But as we abide in God, he fills us back up with his spirit, with his love, that we may be able to continue saying yes to him. And for me, that's such a key reason as to why church is such an important and central part of God's mission plan. See, we have an opportunity corporately to come together every single week to recenter ourselves and recenter our priorities. We have a time slot committed to encountering God and hearing from Him, committed to being filled up with His Spirit and sent out. And yes, this. These moments can be done by ourselves at home in prayer and in scripture. But there's something about committing to community, to being filled up and sent out that God loves. It's why he says when two or more are gathered in my name, there I am with you in your midst. But the encounter that we have must lead us to a place of action from the behold we are challenged to say a continuous yes to God a yes in the unexpected a yes to the friend in need on a busy day to the stranger at the side of the road to the inconveniences that give us an opportunity to comfort to love and to show Jesus to be active in the mission of God To respond to this call of feeding his sheep. To live a life that doesn't isolate ourselves from the world because we love this view so much. To live a life that doesn't say, actually, I'm just going to stay and sit down at this mountaintop. I'm going to stay in this place forever. But instead, to put on our skis and to allow that great view to motivate us. And drive us into action. A constant yes in the everyday is each of our divine vocation. To say yes to God in all areas, throughout our lives, whatever life brings, this is our divine vocation. And I want to finish this morning with a prayer. And it's an old prayer that was written in the 15th century in France. And I'm going to put, it, put the words on the screen. And I think it would be great if we could stand together and say these words together. If you're happy to, if you're able, why don't you stand? And in a minute we are going to spend a bit of time worshipping in reflection to this, but I'd love us to together say this prayer as a yes to God. In your hearts, as you say it, we are saying yes to God. So let's st- say this together God in my head and in my understanding, God be in my eyes and in my looking, God be in my mouth. And in my speaking. God be in my heart. And in my thinking. God be at my end. And in my departing. Amen. 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 Let's pray and then we're going to worship. Thank you for listening. If you would like to contact us about this talk. To hear more or to find out about Riverside Church Whitstable, Then visit our website at riversideuk.org. Also, you can contact us through our Facebook page or tweet us at WIT Riverside.